American soccer fans, welcome to episode 59 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in this country we call the United States of America. We are about to embark on a journey, ladies and gentlemen, and that journey is the one that we've all been waiting for. It's World Cup qualifying. It begins this week for the United States men's national team. We are going to dissect the roster, and we will break down the window that is coming up for this national team. We enter with a lot of excitement, and I think based on what happened this summer, the United States winning the Gold Cup and the Nations League, both trophies coming by beating Mexico in the final of those competitions. That excitement is translating to this World Cup qualifying round, but what everyone else knows, and I'm sure all you guys out there know as well, is that this journey is going to be tough. And it begins with the fact that we are embarking on a World Cup qualifying trip that is unlike one we've experienced before. There is an octagonal eight teams in the final round of World Cup qualifying in CONCACAF, not the normal six that we are used to. So with that comes more games, more windows, and more games in those windows. Uh, This window that we are embarking on, starting on September 2nd, we will have three games in this window instead of the customary two, which means that Greg Berhalter had to make some decisions in bringing in an expanded roster to get through all three of these games. So let's go with this roster. Let's start it right now. It was initially a 26-man roster. However, as you may know, Tim Weah injured himself uh, last weekend for his club, uh, Lil, and is out for two to four weeks. And so he will not be a part of this camp. They have not named a replacement for Tim Weah, and it's unclear whether that will even happen. So as of right now, we have a 25-man roster, and let's go through that real quickly. For the goalkeepers, we have Ethan Horvath, Zach Steffen, and Matt Turner. Obviously, no surprises there. The question now is who is going to start amongst those three? We'll talk about that in a second. Defenders, we have George Bello, John Brooks, Serginio Dest, Mark McKenzie, Tim Ream, Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, James Sands, DeAndre Yedlin, and Walker Zimmerman. For the midfielders, we have just five midfielders, Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Sebastian Legette, Weston McKinney, and Christian Roldan. Christian Roldan, that first game against El Salvador could be a rare occasion. It could be one of the rare moments where brothers line up on opposite sides of the field for different national teams. Uh, Christian Roldan is playing for the United States. His brother, Alex, will be suiting up for El Salvador. So we will see if that rare occasion occurs on Thursday. The forwards, Brendan Aronson, Conrad De La Fuente, Jordan Pifolk, Ricardo Pepe, Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, Josh Sargent, and of course, Tim Weah was on this roster but is now removed. The question entering this camp, the biggest question would be whether Christian Pulisic was going to be ready. He tested positive for COVID back on August 18th and was out for a couple of games for Chelsea, but he is back. He made it to Nashville to the training camp and is in training camp with the guys. It is unclear whether he will be ready to go on Thursday. There's a lot of talk about how this roster is going to be rotated and there's going to be some rotation, but Christian Pulisic, We don't have to worry about whether or not he makes this roster. He is on the roster. He is in camp. And that should mean that we should expect him to be ready to play at least some of these games during this window. So going back to the goalkeepers, we have an interesting dilemma 
and that we have three goalkeepers that it seems like almost the entire fan base would be comfortable with starting for this national team, for the A team. Uh, we have Zach Steffen, who has been the presumed number one starter for the last couple of years. We have Matt Turner, who was the hero during the Gold Cup, started all six games for the United States, leading them to that Gold Cup victory, only gave up one goal, and that was a penalty kick against Martinique. And then we have Ethan Horvath, who, under the most incredible of pressure, came onto the field after Zach Steffen was injured in the Nations League final against Mexico and put in a shift. He stopped a penalty save of Andres Guardado to save the game for the United States and win them the Nations League trophy. So Ethan Horvath, Zach Steffen, Matt Turner, is it's going to be interesting to see who Greg Berhalter goes to. And I think a lot of people say that Zach Steffen has not played his way out of a starting spot. We have Matt Turner, who some people think has played his way into a starting spot. And we have Ethan Horvath, who a lot of people think deserves to have that chance as well. So there's going to be an interesting battle during camp to see who gets that start against El Salvador and for the other matches, because maybe he rotates, maybe he sticks with one guy for consistency, but those three guys, I think everyone can say that whoever is between the sticks, when we line up against El Salvador, we can be confident that they are going to put in a good performance at the spot of goalkeeper. There are a couple of other guys that, of course, we uh, should be noting right now. First of all, Ricardo Pepe, who was in an interesting situation because he was deciding to represent either Mexico or the United States. According to reports, Mexico did offer him a chance to be a part of their World Cup qualifying roster for September. He turned them down, instead choosing to represent the United States. Now, I want people to understand something really quickly about Ricardo Pepe. He is not going to be capped tied this window, no matter how many games he plays. Because of the new rules, he has to play four matches to be considered fully capped tied to the United States. We only have three in this window. So even if he plays in all three matches, he will not yet be capped tied by the United States. Having said that, we should not think that there is an opportunity for him to immediately move on and decide, well, this wasn't a good idea. Let me go to Mexico. Now that he has represented the United States or when he steps on the field for the United States, he will have to wait three years before he is eligible to represent Mexico and make that one-time switch. So he is committed to the United States. There is no doubt in my mind that he is fully committed to the United States. And it's only a matter of time before he gets capped tied. But a lot of people like to make sure that happens in a window. And it's just impossible that that's going to happen for him. So do not panic. If you hear all the talk about him not being cap tied or not entering a match, that is not at stake here. He is part of the United States fold. He's going to be part of this team for a long time. And we don't have to worry about anything except watching him play and watching him just be who he has been these last couple of months, which is an outstanding forward option for Greg Berhalter. Besides Pepe, Conrad de la Fuente is the only other guy who was not on either the Nations League or Gold Cup roster and makes this World Cup qualifying team. So he has you know, excelled so far for Olympic de Marseille in his short time there. He transferred there over the summer from Barcelona. And because of that, he's gotten a lot of confidence. He's scored a couple of goals. He's provided a couple of assists and just has outright played very, very well for Marseille so far in their season. So he get, deservedly gets the call up. 
And it would be great to see him in the fold with these guys because a lot of people have been itching to see him break out. And it seems like we are at the beginning of the breakout of Conrad De La Fuente. So it's, it's great to see. Uh, and also just from a standpoint of the guys who did not make either the Nations League or Gold Cup roster, that there is still a pathway to be a part of this 25-man roster or 28-man roster or even 23. The idea is that even though you are not a part of those teams, you can still play your way onto the United States men's national team. So that would be great to see Conrad as an option again at forward. The midfield seems a little light. There's only five midfielders listed, but you obviously have guys who could fall back into the midfield. Brendan Aronson, Conrad De La Fuente, Christian Pulisic can fall back in the midfield as well. Gio Rana can fall back in the midfield. So we have options, and some of the guys on midfield could obviously press up. Christian Roldan could play more of an attacking role. Wes McKinney is going to be that box-to-box guy. Sebastian Legit has played a false nine before. It may not be something that we want to see, but those options are there. So with these 25 guys that we have, and maybe there will be a 26 added since Tim Weah cannot make it, we are going to see a lot of rotation. But after the break, we are going to discuss quickly these three matches that are coming up. What can we expect to see? Let's preview them and let's get ready for World Cup qualifying. But first, let's pause for a quick break. We are back and we are discussing the World Cup qualifying window that has just begun for the United States men's national team. They have three matches in this window beginning this Thursday, September 2nd. They will be taking on El Salvador. They will be traveling to San Salvador to play El Salvador in that opening match of World Cup qualifying. That game being at 10.05 Eastern time on CBS Sports Network, Paramount Plus, and also in Spanish on NBC Universo. They then travel back to the United States to Nashville. So if you guys are going to that home game, we will see you in Nashville this weekend. That game being on Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern time at Nissan Stadium, the home of Nashville SC and the Tennessee Titans. That game will be on FS1, Unimas, and Today NA. And then finally, to wrap up the window, they will go back on the road again, this time to San Pedro Sula in Honduras. They take on Los Catrachos on September 8th. That will be next Wednesday, 10.05 Eastern time. That game being on Paramount Plus in English and NBC Universo in Spanish. So three games in this window in the span of a week's time. That is a lot of games for the United States men's national team. That's a lot of games for anyone. And because of that, we're going to see some rotation. But the other thing about this is that we open up with two road games with a home game sandwiched in the middle against Canada, who is honestly probably at this point could be the third best team in CONCACAF, at least the way they're playing. So what about this is going to be challenging for the United States? Well, first to travel, it's going to be rainy, muggy, hot, humid in El Salvador and Honduras. And the weather is not getting better. As, as someone who is going to all three games, I have to pack a rain jacket for these games because the thunderstorms are going to be there. But the one thing that hails to their advantage is that normally when we go down to these countries, El Salvador and Honduras, they like to play us in the afternoon in the heat 
where it's at its highest point and the humidity is at its highest point. These games are at night. So that could be an advantage for the United States in the fact that they don't have to suffer through the heat and humidity at the peak of the day while their opponent who is training in that atmosphere is ready for it. The other thing, unfortunately, that could affect this is COVID. Both teams, El Salvador and Honduras, are requiring vaccination to get into their stadiums and they are doing and they have reduced capacities for those games. So that means the atmosphere is not going to be what it normally is. That could play to the advantage of the United States. But the United States for this window, there's nine points at stake here. And it's always good to get off on the right foot. But we can't panic if we drop points. We can't panic if one ends in a draw. Because going on the road is very difficult. The U.S. has not won many road games in World Cup qualifying recently. And that has been their detriment, especially in the 2018 cycle when they did not make the World Cup. They have to get points on the road. And it'll be great to start on the road in El Salvador and Honduras because those are two traditionally difficult places to play. And again, I mentioned some of the the quirky things that they like to do, like playing in the afternoon that they can't do this time around or having a full house with a full atmosphere. They can't have that as well. So the United States has an opportunity here to get nine points and get off to the right start in World Cup qualifying. Going up against El Salvador, they have not been the last few final rounds of World Cup qualifying in the last few cycles. Canada has not been in the final round of World Cup qualifying in CONCACAF since 1998. They have not made the World Cup since 1986. And Honduras is there all the time. We are used to seeing Honduras. This should not be a surprise for any American fan who has followed the United States men's national team. Honduras is traditionally a difficult team to play both here and abroad. We may beat them, but the difficulty still lies there. So this window presents a new challenge for some of these young guys who have not experienced this before. But again, I go back to the excitement of them performing well and winning the Nations League and the Gold Cup because we saw them adapt to how CONCACAF can be. The back and forth, the chippiness, the shithousery, if you want to call it. It's there, and they were able to respond to it, especially against the big teams in CONCACAF. They beat Honduras in the semifinal of the Nations League. They beat Mexico twice in both finals. They beat Canada in the group stage of the Gold Cup. So they are seeing some of these teams. They are beating some of these teams. And when these teams result to some of the tactics that we're used to seeing in CONCACAF to try and drag the game down and take the United States out of their rhythm, the U.S. has responded and played through it. They have dominated in spite of it. So that's where the excitement lies for me. When I'm going to these games, I'm going to see a team that I know can respond to the intensity. They can respond to the pressure. And because of that, we can feel confident that they can get maximum points out of this. It's not where we're going on this road trip and we're thinking, oh, well, they'll probably lose these couple road games and, and probably beat Canada and we'll be fine. We can go into El Salvador on Thursday and expect to win. We can go to Nashville on Sunday and expect to beat Canada. We can go to Honduras next Wednesday and expect to and expect to beat Honduras. Those expectations are now there, and it's going to be very, very exciting for all of us to watch these guys perform and watch them show and prove. They're here to prove something, too, that the 2018 cycle was just an aberration, that the United States are back, they're 10th in the world, they're the best team in CONCACAF, and they're ready to show it. And I think these guys are ready to show it, and I just can't wait to see them actually do it. So 
That will conclude episode 59 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. I, of course, am going on the road for these three matches. So if you are in El Salvador, Nashville, or Honduras, come find me, uh, especially at the pregame parties. I will be partying with the American Outlaws as always. So find me at one of those tailgates or night befores. But thanks so much for listening. As always, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Rates and reviews are awesome and really help. So five stars if you like what you're hearing. For any topics, suggestions, or questions, ssfcpodcast at gmo.com. You know the email address. Go ahead and hit me up, and we'll talk to you next time. Take care.